With her straw sun hat in one hand, Gwen leant against the salty railings and glanced down again. She'd been watching the shifting colour of the sea for an hour, tracing the shreds of paper, the curls of orange peel, and the leaves drifting by. Now that the water had changed from deepest turquoise to dingy grey, she knew it couldn't be long. She leant a little further over the rail to watch a piece of silver fabric float out of sight. When the ship's horn sounded, loud, prolonged, and very close, she jumped, lifting her hand from the rail in surprise. The little satin purse, a farewell present from her mother, with its delicate beaded drawstring, slid over her hand. She gasped and reached out, but saw it was too late as the purse dropped into the ocean, swirled in the dirty water, and then sank. And with it, her money, and Lawrence's letter with his instructions folded neatly inside. She looked about her and felt another stirring of the unease she hadn't been able to shake off since leaving England. You can't get much further from Gloucestershire than Ceylon, her father had said. As his voice echoed in her head, she was startled when she heard another voice, distinctly male, but with an unusually honeyed tone. New to the East. Accustomed to the fact that her violet eyes and pale complexion always attracted attention, she turned to look and was forced to squint into bright sunlight. I... yes, I'm joining my husband. We're only recently married. She took a breath, just stopping herself from blurting out the whole story. A broad-shouldered man of medium height, with a strong nose and glittering caramel eyes, gazed back at her. His black brows, curling hair, and dark, polished skin stopped her in her tracks. She stared, feeling a little unnerved, until he smiled in an open sort of way. You're lucky. By May, the sea would normally be a great deal wilder. A tea planter, I'm guessing, he said. Your husband. How did you know? He spread his hands. There is a type. She glanced down at her beige-coloured dress, drop-waisted but with a high collar and long sleeves. She didn't want to be a type, but realised that if it wasn't for the chiffon scarf knotted at her neck, she might appear drab. I saw what happened. I'm sorry about your purse. It was stupid of me, she said, and hoped she wasn't blushing. Had she been a little more like her cousin, Fran, she might have engaged him in conversation. But instead, imagining the short exchange to be over, she turned back to watch as the ship slipped closer to Colombo. Above the shimmering city, a cobalt sky stretched into distant purple hills. Trees gave shade, and the air was filled with the cries of gulls as they swooped over the small boats massing on the water. The thrill of doing something so different bubbled through her. She had missed Lawrence and, for a moment, allowed herself to dream of him. Dreaming was effortless, but the reality was so exciting it set butterflies alight in her stomach. She took a deep breath of what she'd expected would be salty air and marvelled at the scent of something stronger than salt. "'What is that?' she said as she turned to look at the man, who, she rightly sensed, had not shifted from the spot. 
He paused and sniffed deeply. Cinnamon and probably sandalwood. There's something sweet. Jasmine flowers. There are many flowers in Ceylon. How lovely, she said. But even then, she knew it was more than that. Beneath the seductive scent, there was an undercurrent of something sour. Bad drains too, I'm afraid. She nodded. Perhaps that was it. I haven't introduced myself. My name is Savi Ravasinka. Oh, she paused. You're... I mean, I haven't seen you at dinner. He pulled a face. Not a first-class passenger is what you mean, I think. I'm Sinhalese.